Have you started to tape yet? Okay. <laughs> you didn't tape all that other 10 minute stuff that we had on. All these people stealing my thunder and my time. You got them all? Okay. You get to say anonymity twice, don't you? <laughs> my name's Vince. I'm an alcoholic. Hey. And by the grace of God and the actions of Alcoholics Anonymous and sponsorship, I've been sober since the 8th of February, 1976. And I got some housekeeping uh, duties to do before I uh, get into my favorite subject, me. And I want to thank the committee for asking me to participate, and uh, it's just a joy. And some of you who are new, you're going to find out why in a few minutes. Uh, those of you who have known me or heard me before, there's going to be a little bit different talk today. Uh, there's, this is something very special to me, and I really, really appreciate and thank the committee for asking me. Now, those of you who were in here last night heard J.C. Hall. Now, J.C. looked like a mean cop. I don't know. I don't know if I want to be drinking in Atlanta. <laughs> and if those of you are going to be here tomorrow morning, you're going to hear Jimmy Holmes. Now, I'm going to tell you their names because y'all get in trouble. You're going to need to find out where these guys are to help you. And they ain't listening in the telephone book by, in the telephone book by J.C.H. I don't think he is. And I don't think Jimmy in North Carolina is Jimmy H. Because there's too many homes in North Carolina. If you're new here and this is your first conference and you heard what Jim, uh, JC was talking about last night by sometimes we are the only example of the big book you're ever going to see. Now just for those of you who've been sober for a long time, just hang in there. If you're new, just follow the bouncing ball. Now all the guys that I sponsor, please stand up. All the guys from Nebraska, please stand up. All the guys from Sioux City, Iowa, please stand up. Now, there's at least one gentleman in here from San Antonio, Texas. Will you please stand up? There's a gentleman in here from Dearborn, uh, uh, Bear, Delaware. There's a gentleman in here from Norman, Oklahoma. Now, you newcomers and, your and people who've been to your first conference, in 1995, I went to my first men's international conference. I went back home and spread the word. This is the result of what I can do to try to carry the message for this conference. Y'all can sit down. I told you my name. I told you I'm an alcoholic. I am not an ANDA. And there's a very simple reason why I'm not an ANDA. There is no 12-step programs for all my ANDAs. I'm Reggie Elbia, alcoholic, ANDA, black. I ain't seen that 12-step program yet. Watch, hang in there now, because it's going to get good. I've been thinking about this, man. I had a lot of concrete to get here from Nebraska, man. So I've been thinking. You know that's dangerous. Somebody who likes to be cool. I'm Reggie Albia. I'm an alcoholic. I'm black, and I'm colorblind. I'm Reggie L. Bill, I'm an alcoholic, I'm black, I'm colorblind, and I can't sing. I'm Reggie L. Bill, I'm an alcoholic, I'm black, I'm colorblind, I can't sing, I can't dance. <laughs> Y'all laughing and I didn't hear it, and this is my show. 
listen to the tape. You don't think I'm going to listen to myself? I'll take 10, but I'm not that self-centered. And see, as you can see, I got too many andas. Can y'all fix all my andas? No, but I'm an alcoholic. And see, I got a sponsor. He goes to sponsor school. Mean guy, goes to sponsor school. My sponsor who owns the company, he goes to Scranton, Pennsylvania. Now he goes out there in Scranton, does the men's conference. Now I got some issues at home. And so he comes back he says, Reg, next year, the men's conference is in Cleveland, Ohio. You're taping it. I said, okay. You know, I don't want to go to men's conference like the gentleman said today. I want to go with a bunch of hard-legged men. I don't know women there. I ain't going there. All right, I'll go. Okay. So came time for Cleveland. I leave on Thursday, driving. Get to Cleveland. Oh, about noon. Nice hotel. I, I've been in nice hotels before. So I see a bunch of brothers. I go, oh, there must be a union talk or something going on, you know. Okay, no big deal. I, find, I see one of our co-founders, Ted, comes in and he hangs up the flags. You know, I got my little stuff over in the corner, getting ready to do my thing, you know. Okay, four o'clock, the door is open. And the sea opens. It's like Moses came down and said, part the seas. All these black brothers come in one room at one time. I ain't never seen that many black men sober in my entire life. <laughs> now, those of you who are not black won't understand this. I'm from Connecticut. I go in the military. I get sober in Europe. I'm sitting in Nebraska. Some of y'all already said it. Any blacks in Nebraska? Yeah, there are a few. <laughs> I told you my sobriety date, I've been sober for a while. I go to conferences all the time. Sometimes I get a chance to share, sometimes I'm a little taper taping. And I've looked out amongst the sea, and I've felt like a flying buttermilk many times. <laughs> and I'm sitting in Cleveland, oh my God. I didn't hear anything new, the speakers didn't say anything profound, as I'm not gonna say anything profound this afternoon. I'm gonna leave that to JC last night and Jimmy tomorrow. I'm just going to share what this means, this men's conference means to an alcoholic of my type. You saved my life. If you're new, this conference is going to change your life. This is, and I've been working in the type comp the company I worked for for 15 years, and I've seen a lot of, where's the newcomer? Well, there's a newcomer who was here last year and went to Omaha. We gave him a book like we always do. He is here in the building somewhere he may be in the room. Most times I don't see that person who got that book the year before show back up. This men's conference has done something to those men who have been going to this thing for years. This is my life. You saved my life. I'm a rabbit. I got ants in my pants and I got to dance. I got energy, as you all know, more energy than the average man have, needs to have. My dream was we did it in Nebraska last year. It was a dream. I didn't think it would ever happen and materialized. I put so much energy into it to make it the best that I could possibly do, I almost killed myself. Seriously. The guys that I, I sponsor, I appreciated it. 
They held me up. I hadn't eaten for two weeks. I went to see the doctor on Monday because I didn't want to tell my sponsor I hadn't seen the doctor yet or hadn't made an appointment. And the doctor said, with all the energy you have, you're lucky because if you hadn't had all that energy, you would have had a stroke. I put so much into it. I, this is what the men's conference means to me. See, because you got to understand, I'm from Connecticut. Oh, I left something out. The guys wouldn't let me go home without telling you this. I got another Ander. Reggie L. I'm an alcoholic. I'm colorblind. Can't dance. Can't sing. And I think I'm Italian. <laughs> now, that's not a slam on anybody in this room who thinks he's Italian. I don't, I'm not knocking it. It's my perception. I grew up in an Italian neighborhood. I wanted to be anything but what I am. And I don't know what I am. My older brother crushed my dreams about Santa Claus when I was about six years old. Everything I ever wanted got crushed. I have this thing called fear. It's so overwhelming, it just eats me up. I don't know if I grew up in a dysfunctional family. I have no idea. It was them and me. And I grew up that way. Somewhere along the line, my grandmother, who used to make her own little funny grape juice stuff, taught me how to drink gin and dip snuff. <laughs> and if I had known what I know today, for some of them girls who were chasing people like J.C. Hall was talking about last night, I would have had me a drink and stopped. <laughs> I instead, I would have probably stopped and boop. See, I like to hit people when I get scared. The bigger you are, the harder you fall. So I've been telling my friend from Oklahoma, I got a big posse. I got some big dudes, you know, and they just, they just kind of fall in line. They don't want to get hit. They don't know if Reggie's going to go off one day. But see, when I'm growing up, I majored in recess and gym. I'm a legend in my own mind. I was playing semi-pro baseball at a very young age. I had potential. You know that word, potential. I used to go to church. Before, before I went to church, I used to get my whippings. Nowadays, it's child abuse. I got ants in my pants and I wouldn't stand still and dad had to catch me. And every time he caught me, he hit me. But it's abuse today. But back then it wasn't. It was my due. He took out that list. You all know about that list. And rattled that stuff off of all the things I did. And I got a whipping for it all. I'd rather take a whipping and get punished. Then I had to go to Sunday school. And one Sunday, we sitting in Sunday school. And the minister called a bunch of us young men up in front of the pulpit. He made us turn around and look at the congregation. And he commenced to chastising us because we had gone to a dance. That's back then when we had trench coats. And they had the old slow James Brown, please, please, please. And we tried to get in the groove and don't know how to get in the groove. Well, he embarrassed us in Sunday school. And I said at a very young age, if that's God, I want no parts of it. And so I divorced myself from church. Every chance I could, I didn't go. Now I'm running around in this Italian neighborhood thinking I'm Italian. I eat the pasta. I do the lango. I do the handshake. I do it all. I just, and I, some of my friends belong to social clubs today called Sons of Italy. They just don't do the things they used to do, but they got the money. My friends now have the money that their parents had and do the things that their parents are doing. And so I don't know what's going on in life. I'm just scared to death. Like I said, I majored in recess and gym. And I went to school. I had a chance to go to play junior uh, basketball in junior college. But I drank a little bit. 
I was one can man for one for a while. Though you know about one can man, I drank one can and I got drunk. I graduated. I was able to get to a six pack pretty quick. I drank half half pints of vodka. I didn't smoke any cigarettes yet. And when I started smoking cigarettes, I had to smoke cool <laughs> to be cool. And by the time I hit a junior in high school, everything went down. Now I'd already repeated one too many grades younger er, earlier. I had two third grades, two fourth grades. I like to look at other things besides do homework, do school. I like TV. I like John Wayne. I like old cowboy shows. My house was not Donna Reed. Fix me in 30 minutes. It didn't work. And I'm sitting in this fantasy world, don't know where I'm going. And the guy on TV said, come along with me. In 1965, y'all know what was going on in 1965. There was some conflict going on over there. And I got a draft notice, and I don't want to go. So I said, I'm in high school. They said, no, you can't go yet. It's okay, I'll go back to high school. I do high school, I get my second notice. Now I got to do something. The Army wants me. Now I got nothing against anybody in the military or retirees, because I'm a retiree. I spent 22 and a half years in the military. That last half year was just trying to get out, and they were glad to get me out. <laughs> I didn't go in the Army and the Marines because it's too much dirt. I didn't go in the Navy, it's too much water, so I joined the Air Force. I did not join the Air Force to see the world. I just joined the Air Force. Now, the Air Force has got a sense of humor, or I found out later on in AA, God's got a sense of humor. God sends a young punk kid like me who thinks he's Italian from Connecticut to Paris, France. <laughs> now, if y'all don't understand Paris, France, let me put it to you very simple for some of you to understand. I get paid. I go into Paris. I go where the girls are. I take my money out. I throw my money up in the air. I say, all stays up is mine, all comes down is yours. I've been known to buy it, steal it, whatever you want to do with it. And I'm living a life of rally in Paris, France. And that's when my alcoholism just went Because I was in seven heaven, didn't have to respond to nobody, just show up at work. Parents didn't have to worry about what I was doing. I was outside the United States. I don't have to be afraid as long as I stay drunk. I hit a few people every once in a while. French gendarmes don't like to be messed with. The French show don't like you taking down their flags. I did some crazy things, but the women liked my money. And I had a great time. In a short period of time, we got kicked out of France in 1967, and I went to Belgium. My claim to fame in Belgium drunk as I opened up the first United States Post Office at NATO. That's my claim to fame. Woo-wee! Here I am. I've arrived. Drunk. Now, give you an idea of what's going on in Paris, France, I mean in Belgium. We're drinking. There's 32 GIs. We're signed to the American Embassy. We do not wear uniforms. We're wearing suits. I've been wearing a tie all my life. One day, I'm a, uh, it seems like I've been, I've been choked with it. We dressed up going to work every day, basically what I got on, but not as good. And all of a sudden, I can't get kicked out. Afros were big back then. We got froze. Bobby Womax was big, but just starting to get in the groove, super fly, all that stuff. I was doing breakdance before breakdance became famous. I'm a bar drinker. 
I don't pay anyways. So I don't go home and, you know, go in the cabin, see what's in the cabin. By the time I get home to the cabins, I don't know where the cabins are. I'm a bar drinker. Now, if you don't understand what a bar drinker is, and you don't know what breakdancing is before, the breakdancing and the bar is falling off the bar, suit, off the bar stool trying to get back up. And there you are. <laughs> Spinning on the floor. And that's what I used to do. Now, some of you guys who know Marvin Gaye and where Marvin Gaye disappeared in, in, in uh, Belgium, that was one of my hangouts. I knew what he was doing, where he was at. That was my playground. Now, the unit that I belonged to was 32 GIs. When we got there, was three guys married. The rest of us were all single. When the original 32 left Belgium, three were single, we all got married. <laughs> I believe, last count, two are married to this day. That was in 19, I left Belgium in 1970. Obviously, I had wife number one, and I got wife number two. I have children from those, from those two my marriages, and I'm just a full-blown alcoholic. Now, I'm going to speed this alcohol story up, because I like my recovery. And that's what I want to get to for the newcomers. There's not a drink that I didn't like. The best drink I ever had was the next one that I got. I used to like to brag that I kicked Mad Dog in the ass. Because I like Mad Dog. I like hollering at the moon. Now in the circles that I hang out with, somebody say, here come Ren 1010, and I go, whoop, 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 whoop. I've been known to holler at the moon. See, I always thought I was something that I wasn't. I thought I was slick. I, I, I'd dance with your wife, your sister, whoever. And I think I'd be cool. Now, you can't be cool with a canary yellow car. <laughs> Trying to be clean and cool and riding low. But I was doing all of this. I had absolutely no idea. I was fortunate. I didn't have the luxuries of treatment because the treatment that the military had, them guys always got drunk when they came back. So I didn't have the literature that we have. No one really came up to me and said, man, you need to do something about your drinking. The military back then didn't say anything as long as you were doing your job. I've been known, I like my money, so I got to do my job. Some of you might know about G.I. Gin. I take my G.I. Gin and put it right there on the desk. Sip out my bottle of G.I. Gin, I'd be drunk all the time. There are people I run into today that didn't know me back then. Say, man, you're different. I go, well, what do you mean? You just seem different. See, they don't know that I'm in AA. They never saw me sober before. See, I'm doing my thing. I got married, got divorced, went on a, on a mission, seek and destroy, scalp hunting, take hostages. I like hostages. She look good, she's mine. I go to dance, go party, go somewhere, see one over the corner, lock up and load over here, deal with this one, take this home, come back. Now, some of y'all know about that kind of stuff. Sometimes I pay for it, sometimes I don't have to pay for it. You know that. I'm just trying to be cool. Trying to be a legend in my own mind. Just trying to do my thing. And all hell broke loose on the 7th of February, 1976. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I know about this drone. It's my perception of what happened. You don't have to agree with it. You don't have to like it. Don't come up and tell me afterwards because it's my perception. And I don't feel like changing my mind. On the 7th of February, I got up, it's a Saturday, from Saragossa, Spain. I'm an international drunk. 
I'm dressed similar to what I am now, with a coat, tie, looking for female companionship for nighttime, but I get up early in the morning to do that. Drank lab the night before, might have been the same coat and suit and whatever. Maybe I'd slip in it, I don't know. I'm a puker. I don't pee on myself too often. <laughs> I peed on people, but not on myself. Sometimes I got it, sometimes I don't. I don't know, but I always pretended that I got it. They never said no, they did. I didn't do the deed. We all cool. I passed out, blacked out, blacked in, blacked around. I'm a blackout drinker. And somewhere between the hours of 10 and 11 o'clock that Saturday night, I said, I can't do this no more. Now, in the, in before, before that, I'm in trouble with the military. I got to tell you this. I didn't just walk into AA saying, I surrender. I'm in big trouble in the United States Air Force. The commander of the base, who I work directly for, wants to get rid of me. Not only does he want me out of Europe or off his base, he wants me out of Europe, he wants me out of the United States Air Force. That's my money. And I was told to do some simple things. You're going to get some punishment. Keep your mouth shut. Take the punishment and slide. I belong to a fraternity. I'm a Shriner. And I had some fraternity brothers say, man, just be cool. Don't say nothing. Don't do nothing. Just, and you'll be okay. It'll be cool. It'll cover up. See, because when I had an accident, my second total out car, I had a young lady in the car. It was the wrong young lady in the car. I'm a Bobby Womack's fan. That's back then when Hal Melvin and the Blue, Mo Blue Notes and Teddy was still trying to get in with the Blue Notes. He knew the songs that they were doing. Depend on which girl I had in the car, which tape was went into the box. And I had the wrong girl in the car, and I reached over my glove compartment, which I don't know why, but that's where my, my cassette player was. And then when I leaned over to get Bobby Womax out to put Hal Melvin in, because we go into my crib, my car hit that tree. I didn't hit the tree. The car hit the tree. <laughs> I was told later on that there, were, I, there was no way that I physically should be able to drive a car, walk, or anything. My blood alcohol count was so high. When they took the blood, they went right through the vein into the muscle and still came up with enough to get me in big trouble. I was walking drunk. Now, you say, how can you do that? I never sobered up. I, take, I come down. We all come down. We throw up. We do whatever we have to do to detox, but I would detox to a level. And then I soup back up. Now, if you've been drinking whiskey, and I'm a whiskey drinker, I don't like beer because beer make you pee, and I'm afraid I'm going to miss something. <laughs> and I drink me some wine. And if you're drinking whiskey, you know. If you want to restart that fire, just reach out and drink a glass of Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola will start a fire and it'll clean your bicycle chain. I don't drink Coke to this day. And so I just keep my fire going. And I'm in big trouble. She went through the windshield. The thing that saved her life, thank God, was for Afro wigs. Because that wig went into the glass, windshield made a spider web and brought her back into the car. I would have cut her head off. I cut myself up, cut my head open, wide open. And the whole time I'm telling the doctor to get his fingers out of my head. I was drunk, and they gave me a reprieve. And they just gave me some mild punishment. Now, I'm sitting in Saragossa, Spain, where I'm not supposed to be, and I'm stationed in Holland. Now, for those who like to play drugs, I didn't do no drugs. Because I thought it took me faster than I wanted to go. So there's no drugstore here. I'm sorry. I'm just a hardcore alcoholic. I live 45 minutes from the drug capital of the world, 
Amsterdam. I can't stay sober long enough to go 45 miles up the road to Amsterdam to get me some drugs. Now, I don't know what kind of alcoholic you are, but that tells you what kind of alcoholic I am. I can't get out of the club to get my ride to go up the street to get me some drugs, so I just drank. And with this accident and everything else, I'm in big trouble. And I'm not supposed to go anywhere or do anything, but they said because I'm in a lodge, I'm a fraternity brother, I, we do good, they do good, they do good. I'm just hanging around. I got to go to Spain. And while I'm in Spain, I got to do some counseling. And this counselor said, we got this film we want you to watch, and we don't want you to go to sleep. We don't want you to, no comments. It was called Father Martin's Chalk Talk. Now, I saw Chalk Talk. I've seen Chalk Talk, heard Chalk Talk, touched the hem of his garment, and it don't make sense to this day what Chalk Talk said at that particular time. Now, I believe if you're new in here, I'm going to say some things that may not make you happy, may not do it. I don't know what's going to affect you. I'm a firm believer, if you, this is your first time around, what are new, uh, newcomers, there ain't nothing I'm going to say is going to mess up your head. But what I'm asking you is just don't drink today. And what Chalk Talk did was set the wheels in motion. So when the 7th of February came around, at 10, between 10 and 11 o'clock, I had my last drink. I left a half a glass of Chevy's Rigo scotch on the bar. If I had drank all that scotch, you'd have a different speaker today. If I had not drank any of that scotch, you'd have a different speaker today. I believe that for me. I need to believe that for me. I do not believe for me there's another drink out there. My ego is too big. There's too many guys over here would love for me to get drunk again that I sponsor. They would love to have a piece of me. <laughs> now, we had a panel on slippers. I don't want to be one for them guys to get a hold of me. I work too hard to keep them where they're at. That was a Saturday night. Saturday morning, or uh, Sunday morning, the AR, military... Uh, the radio station had a gospel hour. And what do I wake up to is James Cleveland. James Cleveland starts off. For those of you who know who James Cleveland is, this is old time stuff. Young folks, you just caught the hang in there. <laughs> James Cleveland was singing a song by that Gladys Knight and the Pips sang. Y'all know what that song is. And it changed my entire life. See, because that was the first time I heard anything to relate to a power greater than me. And, the, and, the, and I went to Mass. I was Catholic at that particular time. I went to Mass that Sunday morning. Anybody knows anything about Catholics? It's up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. And all them prayers. You don't get to jump up and shout. You don't do no shouting in Catholics and no Masses. You get up and jump up and shout, someone's going to take you out because they don't know. You don't do nothing that, that, that Catholic stuff. You don't have to worry about the nuns because they ain't there. It's just, you, know, you don't do that. And somewhere in up, down, up, down, up, down, I must have said the alcoholic prayer. I must have said, God help me. And the, and the desire to drink was lifted. I don't make me no miracle, just that's what happened. That's my perception. Now, and I told you about that stuff, that probably bored you to death. Recovery. I'm sitting in Spain with some guys. I went to my first AA meeting three days after my last drink. 
that Monday before I go to an AA meeting, I'm sitting in the NCL club. That's where we go eat. Spain got good wine. Now, I've sworn off. My anonymity has already been broke. My base, my home base knows I'm on AA and they know that I ain't drinking no more. I don't have to worry about my anonymity. Because, see, I was a drunk and everybody want to know what happened. So I don't have an anonymity here for you. Because my base blew it already. I was already blown. But what happened is we're sitting in the NCO club that night. I ordered my meal. I ordered a pitcher of wine. My room dog said, man, you, what you doing? You ordered wine. I thought you said you didn't want to drink no more. I said, I don't want to drink anymore. He said, you ordered wine. I said, aren't we going to eat? See, I never made the connection. I thought if I ate, I could have some wine. It wasn't social time. I was going to eat. He said, man, you can't have a drink for the rest of your life. I ain't gone to an AA meeting yet. I'm already told I can't have nothing to drink no more. I didn't even know there was anything called anonymity, cause it, but I found out later it was already broke. So I don't know anything. I'm a newcomer. I went to my first AA meeting. I'm sitting in there. It's like a bar that I was drinking. You know, I used to drink in, smoking back then. A lot of noise going on. It was birthday time. There was kids and women and everybody. Just a lot of chit-chat, chit-chat, chat So my first AA meeting sounds something like this. If you're new, you might remember this. Those of you old, you might remember also. But my first meeting sounds something like this. They did do the count on the numbers. And that was my first meeting. I have absolutely no idea what was said. I want to tell you, I have absolutely no idea what was said the first whole year in Alcoholics Anonymous. All I know is they said, don't drink today. Don't drink today. If you're new, don't drink today. I tell newcomers today, don't drink today even if your ass fall off. We'll put it on for you and keep on pushing you. Don't drink today. If I got a message for you, you don't have to drink today. And that's what the message was. And I didn't know that. They said something about steps. I don't know about the steps. I don't know if they read how it works. I don't know what they did that first year except for don't drink today. That's all I heard for a whole year. And somewhere along the line, about six months, not drinking one day at a time, they had a birthday. Somebody got a chip. They brought this nice, fat, high cholesterol cake. And I said, smart being smart, how do you get a cake like that? They said, if you don't drink for one whole year, you can have one too. Guess what? I want one too. I didn't drink for that whole first year. Also, they put me in the service. My job was making coffee. Newcomer's job was making coffee. We had Maxwell House instant coffee, and I used to mess that up. <laughs> now, you know, we never tell anybody in AA they made bad coffee. Because we don't want to make the coffee. So we said, good coffee, good coffee. And that was my first year. I got my cake. I got reassigned. I went to Okinawa. Went to the mountaintop praying for God. Someone told me it was God within. I said, no, he ain't. He's hiding. And I couldn't do it. You know, I just did my thing. Not drinking. To make a long story short, to get you where I'm at, I had five years, 11 months, three weeks shy of doing a fourth step. It took that long. Why? 
Well, like I told you, I, must fly, I felt like a flying buttermilk. Most of the meetings I went to, there were no brothers. I didn't have the luxuries of going to Detroit, Chicago, Cleveland, where's abundance of us. I had nothing to compare to. I didn't know that I could pick and choose sponsorship. No one said pick something that you can identify with. There was nothing to identify with. And so I was just going to meetings. And what happened is they almost killed me. Please, listen up. If you have a community and you got a new brother and you ain't used to having a new brother in the group, or since where we're at, and it's a group in Cleveland, and you got a new white guy just kind of falls in, don't take him somewhere else. Don't smother him like, good, look, we got one. We got one. We got one. We diversed. We diversed. We got one. Because they almost smothered me to death with kindness. That's why it took so long. Because, see, I would do things like, Oh, we're going to do a fourth step? I've seen the fourth step. I've seen the third step. I've seen, I can read. I see God. I'm crazy. I know I'm crazy. I don't need you to explain that to me. I know my secret. I ain't going to tell you. I grew up don't tell another man anything. I know that stuff. I can see those steps. Forget the traditions. And then I hear stupid things like, oh, traditions are only good for the group. Well, wait a minute. I ain't in the group yet. I can see. And you almost killed me. Please. I beg of you. Newcomer comes in the group. He don't have to look like you. Put him on the, take him on the arm. Once again, this may be the only copy of the big book that that person sees. Because you got to remember, if you knew, if you're like me, when you walk in the doors of Alcoholics Anonymous, you didn't come skipping in here. I don't care who sent you, the judge, your wife, the, you know, who cares, your mother-in-law, who cares? When you come through that door, you don't want to be in here. You don't want to be amongst all these happy, smiling, laughing people going on chicken and grinning and some men hugging each other and all that other stuff. If you're a man like me, you ain't going in there. <laughs> and then you say, identify? Who am I identifying with? The guy who stuck out his hand and said, welcome. And the sparks go through and you know you're home. If you're an alcoholic like me, you know you're home. Take that person in. He gets sober long enough, he'll be able to choose. They choose sponsors anytime they want now. Just smoke it, boy. Hey, y'all don't like what he said. Let me go get a new one. Blah, blah, blah. Hey, hey. You hurt my sense of feeling. Well, you don't, you can't identify with my current problems. Yeah, I can. I've already done them. No people who've done it would do the same thing you did if we had to do it. You know, we've done all of that. So love them. Until they act up. And so I was doing all of this. I'm ready to run from AA. Now, some of you are old-timers. You might remember a guy out of about Virginia named M. Gilmore. O.M. He's the one talking about buttermilk. M.O.M. played football in North Carolina. I went home and asked my parents about M. Gilmore. My parents knew M. Gilmore. And see, when I met M. Gilmore, my sponsor took me to him. See, my sponsor happens, just happens to be, and I'm colorblind, so I didn't understand how I missed this. My sponsor just happens to be white. And he took me to MC here, M. Gilmore Talk. Now, M. Gilmore standing up here talking like I'm talking. And he looks right down to the man right there where I was sitting. He says, you about ready to run. How <laughs> <laughs> does his mother know who I am? Who do you think he is? And he said, don't go nowhere. 
So afterwards he came over and he peeked my whole car, took my inventory. That's when old, back in the old days, the old time to take your inventory. Without your permission. And dare you not to like it. <laughs> Want you to say thank you, yes. He took my inventory. I made a promise to him that I would not change sponsors. I didn't know I could. But I, I said, okay, I'll stick with this old fart. He don't know about me. And that's how I got to go to Cleveland. See, because my sponsor, if you remember back here when Clarence Thomas has his little deal, Clarence Thomas was accused of saying some things that she said he said. Clarence Thomas didn't say those things. See, she was saying things that brothers would say. Them other folks don't say them things that she said the brothers say. Because see, Clarence Thomas has grown up a little different. See, Clarence Thomas has grown, grown up like I was. See, I didn't know that I was a man of color. I did not know. I could look at myself and say, yeah. You say, man, don't you, can't you see? I did not feel what some of you brothers feel. I didn't have the situation that J.C. and Jimmy, Jimmy had when they were growing up. I grew up in Connecticut. I'm a legend in my own mind. I put my high school leather jacket on. I played three sports. I'm king shit in my own mind. I'm excuse my French. I can go anywhere I want. Connecticut is just as prejudiced as anywhere else. But I don't see any of that. I go to a dance or a par house party. The parents say, well, he can't come in. I didn't know it was a posse back then, but it's, it's, that's what it was. My friends say, hey, if he can't go, we don't go. She goes and runs to daddy. Oh, you ruined my party. You didn't leave See, I didn't know he was kicking me out because I was of different color. And I didn't know that. So I'm growing up in this world like that. When they had to march on Washington, I didn't go to march on Washington. Because I didn't understand it. It wasn't affecting me. I'm an alcoholic. It didn't affect me. And God, in his sense of humor, said, man, he's sober long enough. Let, let me show him who he is. And I looked in the mirror one morning, and I realized what I am. I'm proud of what I am. I'm not saying I don't want to be what I am. I am what I am, and I love what I am. And I went to one of my guys I was sponsoring, and I was talking to him. I said, man, I don't understand this. He said, what you going to do? And I knew he couldn't help me because I've been sober to him longer than him. I sponsored him. He couldn't give me no advice. I would say, yeah, that's fine for you, but it ain't going to work for me. So I went to see my sponsor. Remember that guy I told you about? And I walk in my sponsor's office. I said, Dick, I got to talk about some stuff, man. He said, what's up? What's up? I said, look, that ain't what he said, but that's what it sounded like. He don't talk like that. <laughs> and I walked in his office. I said, Dick, I'm black. Now, <laughs> y'all might say no shit, but he, <laughs> Dick, Dick didn't say that. Now, I, could, I could see his mind. He went to the sponsorship manual. <laughs> he is black. <laughs> and he said, the magic words for a runner. He said, I do not understand. I do not understand. Because see, if he had said, I understand, I ain't stupid, I would have been gone. Because there's no way he could understand the feeling that I felt. All that stuff that y'all were brought up with, all that, that, that uncomfortableness, where you can go, where you can't go, hit me all at once. I was sober enough to handle that. That's enough some people get drunk over. 
And what he said after he went to the next page, he said, and I don't like this, but he said, what's that got to do with the newcomer? <laughs> the solution to the problem, he sent me to Cleveland. Ted back there. It's Ted's job to fix me. Ted don't know me from Adam. I don't tell Ted. I just slid up underneath them. I hung around them all weekend. Vicarious pleasure. Rubbing on them. Say some words of pearl. He don't know he's talking to me. Because I want to see what this is all about. You saved my life. I had nowhere else to go. AA couldn't do it. There's the steps couldn't fix it. There's no Mr. Brown on my inventory list. I don't know who Mr. Brown is. Y'all don't know who Mr. Brown is. My brain ain't registering Mr. Brown could be Mr. Gugliotti. Mr. Smith, Mr. Jones, whatever. It said Mr. Brown, there was no Mr. Brown in my life. So I'm having a problem with them steps. Ted don't know that. Somebody, Calvin Shaw didn't. And I just hung around these dudes. They go, hey, it's a taper, no sweat, he's crazy. We'll let him hang out. We'll let him hang out. You know, we'll get rid of him one year and he'll be gone, no sweat. I've hung around like a bad penny. I ain't going nowhere if I can have anything to do with it. If you're new, keep coming back. I sponsor some weirdos. <laughs> They're mine. I'm a dictator. Oh, yeah. I'm a dictator. It's not a debate. You come over to my house, you go down to my basement, and we talking. There ain't no conversation. <laughs> now, I'm one of those weirdos that uh, you call me any time of night you want. You don't believe me? Try me. And if you got a sponsor, if you don't know if he can, and he said, well, call me any time, why would you believe him? Call him. <laughs> if you knew, call him. See if he answers the phone. I don't have no call waiting in my house. Pick up the phone. They'll pick up. They'll pick up the phone. It may save your life, especially if you're talking about drinking. See, we. Oh, I forgot. This is alcohol anonymous, ain't it? We drink. This kills. We party in the night. We're going to party in a few minutes when they bring out that grub. We're going to party tonight in here without dancing. Without dancing. This is a party. This is fellowship. There ain't no women tonight. I'm sorry, man. Well, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I ain't going there. This is a fellowship. We're going to fellowship in about 6 o'clock. But our primary purpose in the business at hand is out. Oh, it kills. You can't get no therapy treatment from, you know, like, like cancer and stuff. And it goes in some remission. And you live a happy-go-lucky life. We deal with something that's called cutting, baffling, and powerful. And just when you think you've got it under control, it just reaches down and says, <laughs> and have some fun with you and then you get so proud because your ego is so situated 
You can't even call that old sponsor. They don't know what I'm going on. They don't know. Try us. So I tell the guys I sponsor, call me anytime. Let me decide whether it's important or not. If it's 3 o'clock in the morning ain't important, they're going to hear a dial tone. <laughs> I take hotline calls. They call me at 10 o'clock or late at night or whatever. I answer the phone. It's on my side of the bed. I answer. Hello, blah, 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 blah. Hang up. My wife will say, well, who was that? And I'll say, oh, it was Sterling. I pick on him because I like him. It was Sterling. She said, what's Sterling? I said, I don't know. <laughs> I go back to sleep. Next morning, I say, did the phone ring last night? She said, yeah. I said, do you know who I talked to? She said, yeah, you talked to Sterling. I said, oh, no, sweat. He'll call me tomorrow. I believe in that. I didn't know I had an option to switch sponsors. I hurt their feelings all the time. It is my job to hurt the guys that I sponsor's feelings. He said, huh? I want more for them than they could possibly ever think for themselves. I want them to be more than they could ever be. See, one of the things when we make our amends, we make our amends to our parents, something like, I wasn't the kind of son that maybe you wanted me to be. I wasn't the kind of husband I ought to be. Well, my job with my guys is to make them that person. That's my job. That's my calling. I've accepted that call. Where did I get it? Out of that sponsorship manual. That's how my sponsor treated me. Man, I got a, I got a, <laughs> that wife. Whew, that wife. Now, you say, well, wait a minute. Maybe he, he's not a marriage counselor. Yes, he is. I'm a marriage counselor. I got a doctor's degree in BS. I got, I got a law degree in law. What else I got? I'm a mechanic. You name it, I got it. I want to find out if you're going to drink over it first. If you ain't going to drink, I'm going to send you to the agency you need to go. But we want to get to the business at hand that you ain't going to drink. Now, some of y'all may not agree with that. I'm sorry. You know, they ask the guys that I sponsor, and they've been sober for a while. They're okay with it. See, that's the telltale. Are they okay with it? Because if they ain't, they're going to get rid of me. I wake up one day and I ain't got nobody. And then I change. <laughs> but I ain't changing. We came over here. This is my retreat. This is my retreat. See, I don't go on them retreats. What's the other word we call them? Retreats or advances or any of those other things? See, because they want to go in the woods and stuff. I want to be able to have ESPN see if the Yankees won. <laughs> I'm going, that's what I want. That's mine. I like hotels. So that's why we have started coming to the men's conference. How long are we going to come? We don't know. We're here this year. We plan to go to Chicago. And then and then and then. That's what my mission is. That's my life. This is it. I got two short stories and I'm quit. I got two daughters. I got a daughter from the first marriage, and this is going to get kind of tough, guys, but I got to tell you about it. I've been thinking about it too long. I knew I had to do this. I got a daughter who's 32 years old. I am one of those guys who would be sitting in an AA meeting, and some guy would be standing up here all slick and cool, and say, man, you know, I got my family back, and we did this, and we did that, and I got to walk my daughter down the aisle. And I'd be sitting there going, and I crunch. I crunch. 
AA didn't promise you that. We don't promise you we gonna, you're going to get your families back. I'm sorry. Some of y'all ain't getting them back. You just ain't, and some of you get, your, get them back and you get rid of them. <laughs> I got a 32-year-old daughter. My firstborn. I've always loved my daughter. I have not not loved my daughter. I'm the kind of alcoholic her mother divorced me and I would have divorced me too. And we've tried from time to time to get together. And then there was a period of time, 1990, I saw my daughter at the International in Seattle. She went off to college. I got some paperwork for more child support and all that other good stuff. I'm a child support payer. I paid it. Didn't like to, I paid it. I never called her mother bad names because she was the mother of my daughter. Didn't like her. She never accepted my men's because that would make her look at her drinking and that was none of my business. My youngest daughter, been around sober parents. My wife happens, my current wife happens to be in AA also. She's never seen me drunk. She's seen me suffer from alcoholism. I got a temper. It explodes every once in a while, you know. Go see my sponsor. She visited Alateen for a little bit and you realize that's not what she wanted. We told her to live her life. She grew up, according to my friends, to be a good kid. She graduated last May from college with a 3.98 GPA, political science. She wanted a four, typical alcoholic, but she don't drink. It interferes with what she does, so we don't know what she's going to do later on, but it interferes right now. And she got an internship in Washington, D.C. for a state senator. And while she was back east, she saw her sister. And they hooked up and did their thing, talked, chit-chat, and had fun. Talked about me a little bit, and she would say, I don't know what you need to talk to him, blah, blah, blah. March, I got on an airplane. I put my fear aside. Because, see, I, I gave my kids my fear. My fear of rejection. And my oldest daughter was just scared to death. And I got on an airplane because somebody's got to be the adult. And I went to Washington, D.C., Saturday morning at, at a Starbucks restaurant, I went and saw my daughter. God, I can't do this. I had a lot of questions I wanted to know. My daughter answered all my questions. She's got some things she's got to go through. But if I didn't have AA, I couldn't have done it. I, there was a void in my life. My youngest daughter, she just hangs her out. And I had to be careful. Because the youngest one said, well, you like her better. And I go, no, I don't. I love you both. It's the gift that you gave me. I asked my oldest daughter, she was talking about she went and got married. And she said she wanted to get, you know, she would love to have her daddy walk her down the aisle. So she knew she couldn't do that. So they ran away and went to the Bahamas and got married. Her husband said, well, what rights do you think you have to walk her down the aisle? You ain't been in her life. And the AA said, not me, AA said, I have no rights. I have none. I'm just an alcoholic. I just want to see my kid. I don't expect anything out of it. We start talking again. I ain't going to get that chance to walk. The oldest was down the aisle, and I hope I ain't going to walk the youngest one down because she's talking about Big Jack for a wedding. 
I hope she does what her, her, my current wife did. We went to Reno. I hope that's what she does. I mean, but if I have to, I will. My friends who know about me and my kids have supported me. You have given me a new way of life. Better than I could ever have given myself. I'm crazy. I'm loose. I got goose. You know, I'm, I move around. I got a lot of energy. That's me. I can't change that. I'm loud, have fun, opinionated. I got a lot of defects. But I just keep coming back in these rooms. Some of you tolerate me. Some of you just walk, oh, hey, come, oh, God, there you go. <laughs> oh, here comes the table, leave him alone. Oh, man, oh, man. That's fine. But you always say, hello and welcome. Hello and welcome. You gave me a new life. So I'm going to get ready in. I'm going to tell you a story about this, but this what's going to happen for the newcomer. See, there's going to become a time for me, like me and you, that, that you're going to have to go up. I believe we're going to go up. I believe we've all been to hell. If you're an alcoholic of my type, unless, and I know there's an Al-Anon in here, so we don't know. I know there's, I know there's one Al-Anon man in here. So I don't, and I heard his story, so I don't know. And he's crazy enough. He came over here with all those men. It's all those men in one Al-Anon. And it ain't a female. Damn! <laughs> I believe we've been in hell. We backed our ways from hell. We didn't turn around from hell. We backed away. That's our past. And I believe on Judgment Day, I'm going to go up there and all the AA gurus are going to be sitting around, all them old timers that we used to know about, want to know where they at. They're all going to be up there sitting around. Yeah, Reg, we've been waiting for you. You've been down there running them guys like you do, you know, whatever. You, you running them around, you dictate and tell me you go to your dad like that. It's your turn to make coffee again. <laughs> and I believe, I believe this. God of my understanding is going to take out this tablet just like my daddy. And God, my understanding is going to have over all this stuff. And he's going to say, you weren't the man that you wanted to be. I'm going, no, nah, I would have liked to have been better. And you sure weren't the man that you ought to have been. But I gave you 12 steps. I gave you AA. I gave you a men's conference. I gave you two marriages, dummy. I gave you some kids. You tried to be a good father then. Did you like what I gave you? And if you're an alcoholic like me, you're going to say, can I think about it? <laughs> you know, I'm just scratch my head a little bit. And I believe that I'm going to say yes. But just in case I say no, and you're new. And all the things that have been asked of you to do, and you have said no. Roger did it well this morning about his finite mind and all that stuff. And you say no, as I'm going to tell God, no, you didn't give me that bundle of money they found over in the rack. I didn't win that lottery. I didn't get that car. I didn't get that house. I didn't get, 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 get. He's going to say, 
Go to hell. Thank you.